Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the Authentication, Validation, and Management Toolkit for those AP vendor maintenance teams that still have a mostly manual process and need fraud prevention at each critical step of the vendor maintenance process. Go to DebraRRichardson.com to see the authentication techniques, internal controls, best practices, and what template forms, vendor communications, and desktop procedures are included. So you require and you successfully collected the IRS form W-9 from your vendor. But are you performing the recommended validations? Well, I have seven to share with you. So keep listening. Welcome to episode 45 seven validations using the data from the IRS W-9 form. To avoid fraud in the vendor master file, validations need to be done to confirm that the vendor is real and that data submitted for changes to any existing vendors is also real. So this is especially true for those accounts payable vendor maintenance teams that receive these requests and the supporting documentation from internal team members since authentication of how that data was received, I mean that could have come from crook.com, may not be available. So here are two key results in the vendor master file that can come from validation of data on the IRS W-9. The first one is ensure compliance with regulatory agencies, policies, and laws where non-compliance can result in significant fines as well as civil and criminal penalties. The second of the two key results is to ensure that there are no duplicate vendors that can result in duplicate payments and that can also be an indicator of fraudulent vendors existing in your vendor master file. So for those teams that have a vendor self-registration portal, that's great, but read on to see if there are any needed validations using that IRS W-9 form that may be missing in your current portal. Keep in mind that vendor self-registration portals are not all made the same and that's fine. Just know which validations or which processes you need to supplement manually including these seven validations using the IRS Form W-9. So let's get to it. Now I have split the seven validations between the two sets of data that's on the IRS Form W-9, the legal name and tax ID, and also the vendor address. 
So starting with the legal name and tax ID, I have actually five validations that you can do. The first one, of course, is the IRS 10 match. You can use the legal name and tax ID combination to verify that it matches IRS records and that reduces the potential for interest and penalties resulting from data mismatches. And you definitely don't want to wait until the end of the year to do that or for that matter, the end of the year to collect the IRS Form W-9 because once you've paid them, you'll never get um, uh, their cooperation to uh, submit that IRS Form W-9 to you, or if you do have it and there's an issue with it, then you're gonna have a hard, you may have a hard time getting it back from them. But in any event, that's the first um, uh, validation is the IRS 10 match. The second one is also for the uh, IRS site. It's the IRS exempt organization for nonprofit vendors. So after you do the IRS 10 match, you use the legal name and tax ID combination to verify that the vendor is registered as a tax exempt organization. Now this will be key coming up in uh, November of every year because I believe it's the first or second week in November that Tuesday is Giving Tuesday and there is a lot of um, fraud attempts during that time for cyber criminals posing as valid charities when they are not. So that is a good or recommended validation to do. And just a quick side note, you can also check with the state as well or in addition to the IRS exempt organization tool. Now the third one is uh, actually within your system or internally, you don't need an external site. It's the duplicate vendor check in your accounting system or ERP. And you wanna search by legal name and tax ID and you want to search across all your vendor master files. If you have multiple accounting systems or ERPs, again, duplicate vendors equal duplicate payments. So before you set that vendor up, you wanna make sure that the vendor is not already set up in your ERPs and you wanna make sure that you're searching by both the legal name and the tax ID and use some wild cards in your search with the legal name in case someone fat fingered it when they originally keyed it in or in case it's in there as an abbreviation. So you wanna check, for example, both IBM and also International Business Machines and you also wanna check I period B period M period, especially if you know that your vendor master file um, or the folks that were keying into that file were not using a standardized process. Okay, the fourth one is if you are a government entity, then you also want to check the system of award management and that's sam.gov. You wanna search by the legal name. Uh, governments are prohibited from awarding contracts to entities that are on their exclusion list. Number five is OFAC or the Office of 
foreign assets and control. Their specially designated nationals list. You want to search by legal name. Now vendors that appear in these search results should not be set up in the vendor master file as U.S. entities are prohibited from doing business with these vendors. You want to notify your leadership as there should be a formal process to verify any match. But the bottom line is, is if you set these vendors up and they, or this vendor up that is appears on a list and you pay them, your company could be uh, subject to civil and criminal penalties, which can be much larger than any IRS penalties. So this one, you want to make sure that both you and your team are not only doing the validation, but they are not setting up vendors that appear on that list. So next, let's look at the remaining two that you can do validations using the vendor address from the IRS Form W-9. The first one is USPS, the United States Postal Service. So you want to verify that addresses are real and you also want to make sure they are standardized for error-free delivery. I don't know about you or your team or your company, but I used to have to um, oversee the distribution of probably 24,000 or so 1099s, and I wouldn't want to imagine what um, the volume that will come back if we didn't have a standardized process for um, uh, keying in, key in those addresses. Now we would still get quite a few of them back because you know the vendors don't bother to tell us um, that when they moved or they told the internal team member that they actually deal with and that internal team member either didn't send it to AP so we can contact the vendor and get their address updated or they sent it and it got lost or whatever the case may be. But we actually had very few come back because of a non-standardized address or even a fat finger with the address because as you key it into uh, USPS, it will correct it for you in addition to standardizing it. So you wanna uh, make sure that you check USPS for that. And then if you, a uh, quick tip, if you use um, 10check.com, and I know many of you do for your IRS 10 validation, um, they actually have an API to the United States Postal Service um, site. So if you key in the address on 10check.com, it will also give you the same results. So you don't have to go two different places. And then the second one is if you have an international address. Now I know that the United States Postal Service has a format for non-US addresses, but if you go to the Universal Postal Union, you can verify that the addresses are both real and standardized for error-free delivery. Now, keep in mind, depending on the country, they may reroute you to a third-party site. It'll still be free, but um, they may reroute you. So keep that in mind, but that's still a good resource, um, especially if you're trying to build a standardization for international addresses. That's a very good resource to go to. 
Okay, so those are the seven validations. Let me do a quick recap. So there were five for the legal name and tax ID. The first one was the IRS 10 match. The second one was the IRS exempt organization. The third one was the duplicate vendor check in the accounting system or ERP. The fourth one was the System of Award Management, or SAM, for government entities only. And then the fifth one was OFAC, the Specially Designated Nationals List. The last two of the seven validations were using the vendor address, and that was the, uh, both the United States Postal Service for U.S. addresses and the Universal Postal Union for non-U.S. addresses. So where did you end up? Were you doing all seven or six if you're not a government? Seven if you are a government. Um, are there a couple of them that you can add? Again, the goal as always is to protect the vendor master file from fraud by validating your vendor's information prior to setting them up or making changes so that you are not uh, introducing fraud into your vendor master file, which will result in fraudulent payments and no one wants that. So as always, review these recommendations with your leadership and or your auditing team and adjust based on your accounting system or ERP or your third party systems for your company processes and your industry. Feel free to comment on the platform in which you're listening to this podcast if there are additional validations using the IRS Form W-9 that you or your team does to ensure that real vendors and real vendor data is updated in the vendor master file. I also wanted to let you know you can listen to my podcast episode 9 that reviews validation recommendations for banking details, invoices, and contracts or SOWs, um, as well as authenticated uh, emails. So here I talked about the validations using the IRS W-9. On podcast episode nine, I talk about validations using other supporting documentation that you or your team can receive when you're setting up a vendor. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 45th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. 